Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. The Big Vets on Campus podcast. 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 All right, here we go. It's the most wonderful time of the year. What's up, the generation? Welcome to the Big Bets on Campus podcast presented by BetMGM. This is the college football bowl betting preview part one. I'm stuck in joining me as always is Colin Wilson. We're going to go through the first eight bowls here from the Myrtle Beach Bowl through the Frisco Bowl. Excited to get into some of this nonsense. I'm excited to talk about transfer portal stuff that's going to be so stale and old in like 48 hours. Like, I, I mean, we we have to give a parameter on every single bet because it's like, well, if this person's out, if this person's in, if this person, this coach does this. The transfer portal has been interesting so far. I mean, Taylor Green being a Razorback, Tyler Van Dyke being at Wisconsin. I mean, 2024 is going to be wild. The amount of names that are in the transfer portal and keep going in the transfer portal every hour. And then here's the thing, just to remind everyone, just because you go into the transfer portal doesn't mean you can't play in the bowl. Some guys might come out of it, depending on the team, you know, like Western Kentucky last year, like some guys who were in the transfer portal played. There's already been some teams that said, like, if you're in the transfer portal, you're not playing, but things could change. And then we just, you just know that you're going to have some bowl games where there's a graphic that pops up. And it was never even public. And it's like, these seven guys are out. <laughs> and you just got to live with it and hope that you're on the right side of those more times than not. But uh, here's the thing. Even if you are on the wrong side of those, you can still win because the other team might just not show up, which is something that we'll always touch on here. Uh, you know, bowl season, it's what what are our power ratings? This is what that's we're going to focus on. What are, is our matchup advantage for one of the teams? Coaches are important. And then motivation. Every single bowl is a unique uh, entity, right? And like, there's going to be some teams that are in their first bowl in forever. Not pure science. A lot of it's art. We'll try to touch on that. If you have a hard take on something and you've got money on it, but new information comes in, don't have take lock. Be willing to pivot and move, especially when you know the market's going to move with it. Even though it might not be the right move, if you can get ahead of a number, it's always best. Yeah, I think that's uh, a good introduction. So let's kick things off. Like I said, we're going to go through the first eight bowls. And I guess I should give people a heads up of what the schedule looks like if you weren't already familiar. The group of five bowl preview will already be out by the time you're listening to this. Our bowl season, you know, high level, quick fire, best bets episode, which is new this year to help any of you if you're filling out any bowl pools. Part one, this is out. This came out Thursday, December 14th. Part two will come out Wednesday, December 20th. Part three. December 26th, part four, December 28th, and then the national championship preview on January 5th. Go to my Twitter or at X at Stucky too. I'll always uh, tweet out updates and when anything new, when any new episodes are coming out. But let's kick things off. Oh, and by the way, just a quick reminder, if you, as I have said for six years, if you don't bet on a bowl, does the bowl even exist? All right, let's get into it. Let's start with the first bowl. The Myrtle Beach Bowl in Conway, South Carolina. 
home of Coastal Carolina, who will not be here. They will be heading many miles away to Hawaii. Between Georgia Southern and Ohio, Georgia Southern is a three-and-a-half to four-point favorite here, over under 48. This game will be played a kickoff at 11 a.m. Eastern. Get things started nice and early on Saturday, December 16th. Uh, I think a lot of people from Ohio go to Myrtle Beach. They vacation there. I think there's a high high percentage. Not sure how many Ohio alum or fans are going to travel down here, considering Ohio's roster is decimated. Curtis Rourke, their starting quarterback, hit the transfer portal. He's going to get some looks from some Power 5 teams. I'm hoping Indiana would like to bet their win total with Signetti and Rourke. Their starting wide receiver, Miles Cross, hit the portal. You got to remember earlier this season, they already lost one of their most explosive receivers, Jacoby Jones. Their two starting running backs, Bangura and Allison, also hit the portal. And one of their best linebackers, Key Thompson, who will probably get some power five looks, he hit the portal. So this is a team that from, you know, they could be down, and their backup quarterback is already out. So they could be down from early in the season. Their top two quarterbacks, their top two running backs, and two of their top three receivers. So with C.J. Harris, their backup out, that means Parker Navarro is going to get the start. He's first on the depth chart, so there's no questions about work potentially playing here. He's When they line up on the field on Saturday, he comes out, he's going to be the team's leading rusher on the roster with 107 yards, so he's gotten in some garbage time, and the leading passer with 65 yards. So this offense, which is already just there's zero explosiveness, one of the least explosive offenses in the country. Now you're down to a shell unit. Georgia Southern, meanwhile, their leading rusher, Jalen White, didn't play in the season finale. So we'll, we'll, and neither did uh, their outside linebacker, Isaac Walker. But they don't have any meaningful opt-out, so it looks like they care here. Georgia Southern ended the season with four straight losses. They start out the season 4-2, and two, finished 2-4. and four. It was a bad finish the year, but if you look historically – you actually want to bet these teams that don't get their on losing streaks, non-covering streaks, and the opposite's true for teams that are on against the spread and winning streaks. Uh, the high level, generally speaking, those teams have been good bets historically. Georgia Southern's defense is bad. Uh, you know, if you look at, for example, points per opportunity, anytime anyone gets a chance to score, they score. However, I just look. I can't see this. So this Ohio offense. It's hard to project with so many backups. I, 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 this, they could look like Iowa, uh, like a Mac Iowa from who I'm projecting to be out there. Now, there's some element of surprise, and Georgia Southern's defense isn't any good, but I, I mean, this is an Ohio offense that couldn't do much, even games against really bad Mac defenses. And you know, Georgia Southern is going to get their points. So even at three and a half, I still like Georgia Southern. I like the favorite here. The other thing to mention with the, with the motivation, all these guys for Ohio. Who, a team that was supposed to be in the MAC championship, right? Favored to get to the MAC championship, signals maybe a lack of motivation, lack of care here. Do they really care about this game? So I like the favorite here to kick things off. What are you seeing here? Yeah, I mean, this has taken a lot of movement. This opened up with Georgia Southern being an underdog. If you got that number, great. We're in the driver's seat. If you got it at pick, great. I think if you got Georgia Southern minus three, 
great. At some point you have to ask, when have I gone a little bit too far? Because, you know, full rosters, full health, I would have made this Ohio minus five. So how many points are we going to run through here before it's time? And and you're right, it's a shell team right now. I think the one thing that worries me also is, you know, Georgia Southern's going to bring a lot of fans. They always bring a lot of fans to Bulls, but Clay Hilton's 0-5 against the spread in Bulls. He just can't seem to get it done. But now we're in favorite territory here, so they could win the game but actually not cover. And you mentioned teams that are on losing streaks coming into bowl season. Georgia Southern lost four straight to end the season, but it came to all bowl teams. That's different than Ohio, who won three straight at the end of the year, but it was to non-bowl teams. So, you know, a little bit different here on who's hot and who's not. Um, you know, you mentioned Georgia Southern's leading rusher, Jalen White, expected to be healthy for this game. And then Davis Bren also played in this very bowl in 2020. He was the MVP, MVP of the Myrtle Beach Bowl. He was the MVP, 31-17 victory for Tulsa over Old Dominion. So there is some familiarity there. You asked Tim Albin, what are we playing for for Ohio? He says, we need a 10th win. But that's about it. I mean, that there's really no positive news here. I mean, Curtis Rourke not only tweeting about Indiana, you know, mentioning BYU is also a destination going on here. Uh, I don't expect any of these guys to play. The offense is going to be lifeless. I mean, what are we going to get out of Parker Navarro? I have no clue because the best part of this Ohio defense all year was their passing success rate at 19th. Their quality drives were 29th. That was all on the arm of Rourke. He's not going to be there. There's minimal losses on the Georgia Southern side. Uh, they have a safety in the portal and, you know, the offense goes as Davis Brent does. His numbers were actually kind of wild this year compared to what he's posted before. He had 19 big time throws and 29 turnover worthy plays, a really low average depth of target. He likes to throw behind the line of scrimmage, but when he does go beyond the line of scrimmage, it's really been a gamble this year. He's made more mistakes than he ever has in his entire life. There's no pass explosiveness in this Georgia Southern team whatsoever. They're 132nd in pass EPA. But, I mean, you can attack this Ohio defense just about anywhere. They have serious issues tackling. They're 103rd and broken tackles allowed. And Davis Brin's been pretty decent against quarters, and that's what Ohio uses. So when he looks downfield, Ohio's about 80% zone, and they almost always use quarters and cover three. So Davis Brin should be okay there. The pace is going to be really slow. I agree. I'm on Georgia Southern. Uh, I've got that. But if you're just listening to this. I like the under. I like the under, too. Even I know that Georgia Southern's semi-fast, like, relatively speaking oh but yeah. ohio is a s- absolute snail and i don't see many what you really want with an under in a bowl game is you want you do not want a ton of explosive plays right and i don't think there's going to be many in this game you know neither of these teams are going to have chunk plays whatsoever so 48 right now there are 49s 48 and a halves out there 48 is a very key number under is suggested if you're just waking up and looking at the board now i would do under 48 yeah all right, let's move on to the second bowl game. Saturday, December 16th, 2.15 p.m. Eastern in the New Orleans Superdome. The RL Carriers, New Orleans Bowl. Rich people, poor people, all got dreams. Dreams do come true in New Orleans. <laughs> Jacksonville State will take on Louisiana. Jacksonville State had a couple defensive injuries. Jabari Mack hasn't played since week eight at their cornerback. One of their better defenders, Jalen Swain, he didn't play in the finale. Uh, ULL, there's one of their best linebackers is in the portal, Kendra Gant. He's a really good player and matters. And then they're starting left tackle, Nathan Thomas. Really, really good player. He's going to miss the bowl due to an offseason surgery. Other than that, Looks like there's not a lot of opt-outs on either team. Uh, head coach for Louisiana, Michael DeSormo, he did say he's hopeful that they're starting safety, Cortland Flowers, and 
their starting center, Landon Burton, who both missed time at the end of the season. He's hoping that they'll get both of those players back. So there's a chance Louisiana might be without two starting offensive linemen, a starting linebacker, and their starting safety. One of the first bets I think that you made, and one of the first bets that I made was Jacksonville State. Mm-hmm. Now three, three and a half point favorite here, over under 59 and a half. You got to keep in mind Jacksonville State's one of the fastest teams in the country. One of the reasons why this total is high. But Jacksonville State was circled before I even knew who they were going to play as one of the teams that I assumed would be have the highest motivation of any bowl team not in the college football playoff. Uh, this is a team that they didn't know if they were going to go to a bowl because of the stupid rules. It ended up breaking for them. And this is their first year at the FBS level. Everything lines up for Jacksonville State really caring about this game. And then you look and you say, okay, let's see who's opting out. Nothing. The news is – there's no news there. Uh, so, yeah, I like Jacksonville State here. I, I don't know. I can't really lay over three and a half. But I think anything at a field goal or below, not a fan of this Louisiana defense, and especially without Gant. I'm not sure if you know where Louisiana is. They're, I know I know they're going to be in New Orleans, which maybe it matters a little bit just from a proximity perspective, but Jacksonville State's not too far away either. But yeah, is Louisiana a team that's, you know, a program that's used to being in conference championships? Are they really going to be excited to play against, you know, a transitioning FBS team? I'm not so sure, but I think Jacksonville State will have success on the ground here. I know that they will be fully motivated. I like the Gamecocks. You agree? I do. Absolutely. I am not hedging off the underdog bet that, oh, well, when Jacksonville State was an underdog, I'm definitely not going to hedge off of that. But there is some sharp buyback in the market when it gets to three and a half. There are some, uh, I think there is one book I saw a touch four and then it, it completely got gobbled up. So I think there's going to be a battle here at three and a half, because if you would have projected this game in the season with the rosters full, it have been Louisiana minus three. So, you know, again, how many points can you go uh, before you find out it's too much and they come back? Uh, you know, the, the ULL, you mentioned the portal losses for both sides. Linebacker Kendra Grant's pretty pretty big fifth in pressures, fourth in tackles for Louisiana. Nothing real big on Jacksonville State, just the injury for, for J-Rock, Jalen Swain, who's second in pressures. He, he's doubtful here. There's backup edges, uh, Kamari Stevens and Curly Young, who posted 17 pressures apiece. So I don't think it's that big of a drop-off for them. One eye I would look at, one thing I would keep an eye on is Jacksonville State corner Derek Carter, um, six PBUs on the season. That would be a loss. Plus, quarterback Zion Webb has been landing punts at the one yard line in practice. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Rich Rod get into his bag and try to do something a little crazy here. Um, you know, this is Michael uh, Desormo's De, uh, uh, first game that he ever coached was in this bowl. They won 36 21 over Marshall. Uh, didn't win their bowl game last year. So uh, he's looking to be two and one against the spread. Chandler Fields took over the starting quarterback duty for ULL in week 11 versus Southern Miss. Since then, he's had a seven to one TD to INT ratio being the starter. He's been on this roster since the days of Sunbelt Billy in 2019. So he knows, um, you know, he knows the playbook. He knows the program. He knows the system inside and out. And the strength of the Jacksonville, the strength of both defenses is really against the rush. Poor strength of schedule for both of these teams. Jacksonville State has been excellent at stopping huge explosive runs or 15th and defensive rush EPA. So really it's, it's good on good with both of these teams. The steam did go, you know, pretty high above three. I'm not sure if there's that big of an advantage to say that they should be up by four, but the Jackson. Yeah, I would State- wait. I think you're, I agree that you're going to get five back and you'll probably be able to get a three or maybe two and a half. I wouldn't lay over three. I would wait. I don't think, I don't think there's uh it's going to go. I, I don't think it'll close over a field goal. 
Yeah, I think they're all going to get eaten up. I mean, the biggest gap in this game is ULL can't defend the the, the rush as well as Jacksonville State does. Yeah. Um, yep. If again, if you're holding Jacksonville State at any number three or lower, then you're doing you're you're going to be fine. Let's move on to the third bowl. This kicks off three thirty Eastern on ABC in Orlando, Florida. This is my uh, my favorite bowl name. So we we always say all the sponsor names, but this is the Avocados from Mexico Cure Bowl between Miami, Ohio and Appalachian State. Avocados from Mexico. Appalachian State up to six, six and a half point favorite over under 44 and a half. I started handicapping this game, wrote down the bowl name, and for two days straight was singing that, that stupid, it's a great commercial. catchy jingle. Yes, but it's, a, it's an amazing catchy jingle. Avocados from Mexico. But now I think it's so dumb because I can't get it out of my head. Um, and I just walk around the house saying it. Avocados from Mexico. Do you know the difference but, between avocado in California and Mexico and like everywhere else in the United States? It's not even close. Like it's so much fresher, so much bigger. It's like fantastic. Yep. Agreed. Big, big, big avocado fan. From Mexico. But big news here. Miami, Ohio starting quarterback. Well, they're starting quarterback for the MAC championship. Avion Smith, he hit the portal. Earlier in the season, they're really good starting quarterback, Brett Gabbert. He got hurt for the second straight year, out for the year. So the starting quarterback for Miami, Ohio, is going to be Henry Hessen, <laughs> redshirt sophomore. I just I watched his Indiana highlights uh, the other day. He's got Robert Morris highlights. I didn't. I didn't get into them. I just wanted to see how mobile he was. Which he's not. He's like a pro style quarterback. Look, Avion Smith was not a great quarterback. Again, they won the MAC title. He went like six of sixteen for ninety yards. He would, but he was mobile, and they changed. Like he, he would give you rushing yards, and they would run read options. So they got to go back to like the Gabbard offense. I should mention App State, one of their better running backs, Nate Noel, their leading rusher. He's in the portal. Uh, Donovan Spel- Spellman and Edge, not too important. And then a couple of their depth receivers, Deshaun Davis and Juan Tucker, are in the portal. So pretty close to full strength teams. Miami's depth chart just came out. Every other starter is playing. My boy Graham Nicholson, he's Action Network All American. Um, he went into the portal and came back. So he's going to be there. Miami, Ohio, how they have to win this game is how they have to win every game that they've won this year. Defense, which is elite for a group of five team and special teams. And App State's run day is poverty. We thought it was getting better. We saw that it really wasn't last week. So Miami, Ohio, what I think their game plan is going to be is they're going to come out and they're going to run, 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 punt, run, run, maybe a shot downfield to Gage Laverty. Punt. And I think that can work here. I don't – look, there's a lot of uncertainty. I think if you're playing a bowl pool, Miami, Ohio is a decent pick just because there's a ton of uncertainty. I also think that they're really going to show up. They're going for their they're, – they're going for their 12th win. And the first time – that would be the first time this program's won 12 games since Big Ben was there in 2003. App State used to playing in you know, bigger games than this. So, you know, and they had a, a pretty – devastating loss to end the year, whereas Miami, Ohio kind of riding high. So I know Avion Smith went in the portal, their quarterback is in the portal, but everyone else is playing. Everyone else came out, all their star defenders that were playing. There's no question. Their kicker was one of their best players. Uh, said he's coming back and they're playing. So I think Miami, Ohio is excited to, to be here. I also think Miami, Ohio's defense is so sound and they're playing, they're going up against a gunslinger who's going to, you know, he makes risky throws. I think that's going to lead to turnovers. So I have a bad number here. I took five and a half, one of the first bets I made. I love this Miami Ohio team. I didn't expect Avion Smith to hit the portal. I, I can't imagine how much interest he's going to get. <laughs> but I will add at seven uh, if it gets there. I still like Miami Ohio at six and a half. I will say I'm higher on everyone than Miami Ohio. 
but I love their special teams. I love their defense. You're going to get a running dog here. Historically, running dogs with good special teams and good defenses in bowl games are have been very profitable. So I like my boys. I like my Red Hawks catching the points. I think they can have success on the ground, maybe hit one or two explosive passes, but they can win this game with their defense and special teams. And I think they can get a push on this App State D-line. What do you see here? Yeah, I went back and forth on this one. Now, I have App State minus five that I got real early, and I am going to come back if I can get a Miami of Ohio seven and a half. I'll probably even consider it at seven because there's some other factors going on outside of the field that I think is going to make this a lower scoring game. Now, for Miami of Ohio, running back Rashad Amos is the key against this really poor App State rush defense. The problem is, is App State's best run concept they go up against is inside zone. That's what all the Miami of Ohio runs. But I kind of question, like, is that what we're going to do with Henry Hessen at quarterback, a pro style? Yeah, you'll probably get a – you might get a different and, – and look, the element of surprise works in your favor here too. You yeah. don't, they might just line doesn't... up and run power or run man blocking because I, I just don't see inside yeah. zone being the key here. So you can't take advantage of App State. So that was one reason why I got a little nervous about the App State minus five. And then you go and look at that box score against Troy, and Troy just dominated App State – uh, in standard downs, 8.2 yards per play. Even though App State's defense is 20th in defensive finishing drives, Troy logged a touchdown on every drive that crossed the 40. So, man, this App State's just been hot and cold when we've been betting them. And so the question is, is can App State offense run or pass on this defense of Miami, Ohio? Because Stuck is right. The Miami, Ohio has a huge, huge leg up in special teams. They're number one, App State's 41st. Third down defense, Miami, Ohio's 12th, App State's 92nd. I don't have a lot of faith in Joey Aguilar because sometimes he's on, sometimes there's seven turnover-worthy plays. Now, the total in this game is dropping. Open 47, some shops. Now it's below 45 in some places. The Saturday forecast for your Avocados from Mexico Cure Bowl. Avocados from Mexico. 50% rain in Orlando, nearly 20-mile-an-hour winds. Forget the rain. It rains in Florida all the time. 20 mile an hour winds would That's affect a big advantage team. by Ohio, by the way. Huge advantage for my Ohio because they're not going to pass the ball down the field, but Joey Aguilar is going to try. Kicking game, that affects App State, right? I mean, so heavy wind is, I think, going to affect the Mountaineers way more. I will get out of my App State at five if I can get a seven or a seven and a half, which we might get, but I will be looking for seven. All right, let's move on to the fourth bowl of the day on Saturday. December 16th, and this one will kick off 545 Eastern on ESPN. It's the Isleta, New Mexico Bowl in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Isleta is a casino in Albuquerque. Have you ever been there? No. That's a resort and casino in Albuquerque. That's all I know about it. I've, I've never been either. Uh, I heard Albuquerque Albuquerque is a uh, underrated food city from a couple people, but I've never been to Albuquerque. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I want to go to the hot dog shop that Jesse Pinkman sold drugs at. Uh oh my god. Oh, it's the doghouse. I want to go to the doghouse pretty bad. I want to have some some hot dogs and talk to some bikers. Yeah. Anyways. Well, I go out on the West Coast a couple times a year and I want to make it there. But there's uh it's a good trivia for triple A too. What's your triple A mascot? Albuquerque's triple A mascot? Come on, you know this. Uh the isotopes. Yes. The isotopes. But there's a football game outside of the triple A team and food between New Mexico State and Fresno State. Of note here, Fresno State head coach Jeff Tepford stepping away due to health concerns. Uh, the linebacker coach Tim Skipper will serve as interim. Fresno, couple portal guys here. Linebacker Tanner Blunt, they're not really important. Christian Gordon, their safety at about 300 snaps. Mm-hmm. 
Where's Logan? Yeah, Logan Fife hit the portal. So, but Mikey Keene should be good enough to go. But uh, that is worth noting. If he goes down with an injury, he's been dealing with injuries all year. Diego. Diego, Diego, looks like he will play. He injured his elbow in the Conference USA title. Reports are that he is expected to play. It's also worth mentioning that New Mexico State will be playing in New Mexico. So I'm assuming that they're going to have a home crowd edge, and this game's probably important to them. A team that is on the rise and not so sure. I guess New Mexico State, I should mention, they have a cornerback, Reggie Akles, 400 snaps, he hit the portal. Wide receiver, Trent Hudson, Ten, he had 10 touchdowns this year. He hit the portal. Um, Fresno State also, they lost their left tackle for the season a couple games ago. They're, one of their better defensive tackles also been dealing with an injury. Only played four snaps over the final two games. Other than that, it looks like these two teams should be close to full health. I am not sure that Fresno State really gives a shit about this game, to be honest. They were in the thick of the Mountain West race. and They were like controlled their own destiny at one point. I thought they were a fraud anyway. I faded them a bunch down the stretch. They wanted some lucky games, but now you go from potentially you were in the Mountain West, the thick of it. Like you're thinking, you know, let's win the Mountain West, New Year's Six Bowl. Like now you're going to play bowl in Albuquerque against New Mexico as a, State as a road team. Yeah, as a road team without your coach, and you know Jerry Kill is going to have this New Mexico State team fired up. Well, how many wins would they get to if they win this game? They played an extra game. New Mexico State, we get to 11 wins. Like, that's huge for this program. So, I think they're gonna, they'll show up here. The problem is, I can't get there with my number. Now, granted, I've been, I'm always low on New Mexico State. So I can't lay three and a half uh, in this game. New Mexico State D is bad. Like, so Fresno should be able to score. I think this, and I think they, the Fresno State D doesn't do much for me that they don't really care. New Mexico State's gonna move up and down the field. This could end up being a fun shootout. Um, I know we've talked about nothing but under so far. Uh, this would be an over that I would look at on Saturday. Bolt, like For my bold pools, I'm picking New Mexico State to win. I just can't lay over three and a half because I'm so far off with my actual number. What do you see here? This is a New Mexico State play all the way. I think you're taking it to six. I, and I don't think it's done moving. As you and I are here podcasting at three and a half, I, I think it's gonna, I think it's gonna blow through the neutral numbers here. I mean, look at our situation. They limped into this bowl, lost three straight, two of them to non-bowl teams in New Mexico and San Diego State. I mean, there's losses and then there's New Mexico loss and San Diego State loss, you know? I mean, it's pretty bad getting into this bowl game. And you mentioned they have no depth behind Mikey Keene, who's hurt all the time. You know, when you look at some other things, Fresno has no success running the ball. Malik Sherrod is decent numbers, nine TDs, 31 missed tackles created, 3.6 yards after contact. But the Bulldogs are 112th in rushing success rate, and they're 105th in stuff. It's just not going to work against this New Mexico State defense. Mikey Keene finished the season with 20 TDs and nine INTs. His dot, I don't know if he's still hurt. His average depth of target was less than six yards, average less than six yards the final three games. Then you look at what he's going to throw against. He excels against cover three, but he's going to get cover one against New Mexico State. So I think the total is completely spot on. I make it 52, but there's just no answer that Fresno defense has for the Pavia power rush concepts. They use power, which is they'll take, you know, they'll overload one side of the offensive lineman with, with tight ends. They'll use a guard from the weak side and they will just put Pavia right there behind it and plow over people. And Fresno State has no way to stop that in a home game in Albuquerque. And why I say this is a big deal to them, it might be bigger than people think, unless you're a part of the Aggies program. Last year, New Mexico State desperately wanted to be in this game. Desperately wanted to be in this game. They put Jerry Kill up in the quick lane bowl in Detroit. 
Now, a few fans traveled. They won the game. They were elated. It was Jerry Kill's first ever win in a bowl. Even made comments after, I still want to be back in Albuquerque in the New Mexico Bowl. Well, guess what? Now you're in Albuquerque in the New Mexico Bowl. I think, I, I'm not going to tell anybody to take Fresno. I would just say stop buying at six because I think it's a New Mexico State party. All right, we don't have to cover this game anymore. You made a great case, and I'm sure group of five guys, I'm assuming that they touted Diego Diego. So I went INL to name his kid Diego, so we'll see how that turns out. Uh, all right, let's move on to our fifth bowl of Saturday. You're going to hate me. And on that. that's the uh, Starco Brands LA Bowl. I don't, I don't even know what Star, Starco Brands is. It's probably like a consumer. Is it like a hot dog? Geez, I know I know a lot of things in global supply chain. What is a Starco? Yeah, it used to be the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl. Let me see. It's hosted by Gronk. Gronk now sponsors it. Gronk and Starco Brands. He will be singing the national anthem and grinding. This is what this the article says at LA Times. He's going to be dancing. What the hell is it? twerking, he says. He says he's going to be twerking. He was on The Masked Singer. Apparently he can sing, he says. What is what is going on with this bowl? I'm looking at their products. I've never heard of any of this stuff. This is amazing. There will be a signature drink, the Gronk Cooler, available to spectators. <laughs> What's in the drink? I don't know, but if anyone knows how to make a beverage, it's Gronk. All right, I, now you know. Tune in for Gronk singing the national anthem uh, at SoFi. R.I.P. Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah, R.I.P. Jimmy Kimmel. 7.30 Eastern, Saturday night on ABC, Boise, UCLA. So, look, there's a lot of news here for UCLA. Uh, one of the best defenders, the Pac-12 player of the year, your boy, Latu, Latu, he opted out. He's going to the NFL. One of their best corners, John Humphrey, hit the portal. One of their best safeties, Kamari Ransby, hit the portal. One of their other safeties, William Nimmo, hit the portal. Mm-hmm. Their tight end, Carson Ryan, portal. Wide receiver, Cam Brown, although he hasn't played since week nine, portal. Dante Moore, quarterback, we already talked about him. He was part of the rotation. You have Ethan Garber as a quarterback. Chip Kelly said he should be okay uh, after suffering injury in week 13. UCLA also has defensive tackle Gary Smith, who missed the final two regular season games with an injury. We'll see if he is available. Starting running back Carson Steele hasn't been at practice the past two days. I don't know what's going on with no him. Why? Defensive coordinator Denton Lynn, he went to USC. Their quarterback coach, Ryan Gunderson, went to Oregon State as the OC. And look, this UCLA team had high aspirations. They are they do get to play in, you know, SoFi in Inglewood, but you know, down the stretch, they lost to what Cal and Arizona State at home. All these guys are opting out. How much they really care to play Boise, I will say. And this line, by the way, is out to, by the, at the time we're recording it, is out to UCLA minus four. And there was a couple tout services that released it, which is why that took money. I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily agree with that move over under 49 and a half. Now, Boise, on Boise's side, you have Spencer Danielson, the new head coach who came in, promoted to, uh, he was the interim, promoted to full-time head coach. They don't have a quarterback, though, which is well, their starting quarterback, Taylor Green, hit the portal. He's gone to Arkansas. I'll get your thoughts on that in a second. Their other quarterback, Maddox Matson, they were splitting time during the year. He's out for the year with an injury. So true freshman uh, C.J. Tiller is going to get the start. Everyone else that was with the team looks like they're going to play. And look, I, I talked to – I know a couple people that are really close to the Boise program. You could tell how they closed the year. This team really cares and really wants to win – and like Genty coming back to the team, I think was a huge sign. He could have went anywhere. Mm-hmm. So I don't, it's really hard to know what you're going to get with Tiller. 
what Boise is going to do here, and they were already doing this down the stretch. They were running it like 70, 75% of the time. They're going to run this. They're going to run the ball 80, 90% of the time in this game. Yep. They have a healthy Holani. They got a healthy Genty. Can you do that against UCLA? No, in a vacuum during the regular season. I don't think they would be able to do that. But without Latu and with some of these other opt-outs and Fusilay doesn't really care, they might have some success there. The Boise State defense isn't anything to write home about. They played better down the stretch. Their secondary is still bad, but I don't think that's something UCLA can really exploit. So I'm just not sure UCLA really cares here. I think Boise does running dog with really good, like with a pro running back and a, you know, two really good running backs in this game. I, I'm, I'm leaning Boise. Definitely have them in a, in a round Robin. Um, I think there's a, a huge care differential here. I believe in this, this Boise team really wants it. Not sure with UCLA and these opt-outs are, are big and long. What do you see here? Well, the opt-outs are really what make the handicap in this game because when you look at who is out, their best corner, John Humphrey, and these couple of these just hit in the last like 36 hours. So I have no clue why it's all of a sudden starting to trickle. But uh, corner John Humphrey hit the portal yesterday, four PBUs on the year. Safety Kamari Ramsey, you mentioned him, three PBUs on the year. But these are guys in the secondary. And even without Latu Latu, they still have a very stingy front seven that can yep. stop the yep. run. And that is the entire handicap of this bowl game is can you stop Ashton Genty, George Halani, everything that's going to happen on the ground because UCLA is missing their secondary, but who's going to throw into that secondary now that Taylor Green's not there. Now I saw that Colt Fulton was most likely going to get the start at quarterback, a, a 6'4 kid that Bush Hamden called an assistant coach. So, I, I mean, nobody's throwing deep on this UCLA team that's on this roster. So, really, the handicap all comes down to can you stop Ashton Genty? Boise runs a high success rate and explosiveness out of man and outside zone. As far as UCLA goes, I just I don't see Colin Schley or Ethan Garber's getting anything going here against quarters and cover one, which is what Boise runs. The total is down for legitimate reasons here. I mean, yeah, this no should be another under. I like this under. Yeah, no Boise quarterback. UCLA quarterback situation has been a dumpster fire since day one. UCLA rush defense is intact and can stop Genty as of now. That could change after we get done podcasting. Boise's defense is just 43rd in Havoc. The way to beat UCLA is put Havoc in the backfield. And Boise has been so-so on doing that this year. So to me... If Gronk's going to come out there and dance and sing and have so many breaks and like get these teams out of rhythm, give me a first half under here. This thing sounds like a circus show anyway. So I want a first half under, full game under. You know, I, just, I, well, I also just don't know if UCLA like, will care. UCLA is the more talented team. And now you got to account for the opt outs. Team that had high expectations, these opt outs kind of signal that like, and then you, know, you have coaches that have left too. Do they really care? But the well, boys, I mean, Boise just, they might not be able to run it. And then their quarterback might not be able to complete a pass and then they're done. I mean, um, a lot of people like to use that care thing and run with it, but I think it actually applies here because I go back to Pac-12 media days and I still remember this. When Chip Kelly, I asked him about what was the process of getting Carson Steele. The second, he said, the second we saw his name fall in transfer portal, I was on a flight out to Muncie, Indiana. That is where his priority is. If you go and look at the transfer portal right now, they've already pulled a safety from San Diego state. And if a name comes up in the transfer portal, is he going to hop on a plane and go out immediately? Like to sacrifice bowl preparations? Yeah, he is. Because and a really good DC is gone too. Yeah. And I dance on Len being gone is what a get for USC that it, it might make me like them next year, which already makes me want to throw up in my mouth. Yeah. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Check planning for what's next and how to save for it. That's where bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Right, let's move on to the final game on Saturday. And that is the Radiance Technologies Independence Bowl. I mean, that is. You got to come to Shreveport. I've been there. That is. Yeah. In Shreveport, Texas Tech will take on Cal. Two and a half point favorite. The Red Raiders over under 57 and a half. That is a boring bowl <laughs> sponsor. Like, what 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 are you getting out of they they do like technology solutions? Like you you're what are you getting out of sponsoring a bowl? Now shout out to all the bowl sponsors. They allow for all these bowls to happen. He, like an avocados from Mexico. That's you got you already have your jingle. Avocados from Mexico. Uh I, I've been singing it around my house. I've been I I went to the grocery store and then I bought like extra avocados because I was craving them. From Mexico. Like that's how it works. Like what radiance technologies? What, what are you getting by sponsoring a bowl? I don't know. All right. Uh, a really uncomfortable commercial at the start, I'm sure, from the board of directors. Yeah. yeah. What what what, you, what is your favorite thing about Shreveport? Yeah, I've never been to Shreveport. Oh, wait. So I saw Arkansas, Missouri, I believe it was 2003 in the eyeball. Um, it's like a town that I call checkered because it's like you can be at a million dollar home and then you could be uh, in a place where you can get shot like block to block to block. Shreveport is a, a hell of a lot of fun to get and a lot of dive bars there. You'd love it. I'll have to get down <laughs> to the uh, what is it, the the Red River um, down there. All right, this a lot of news on Texas Tech. They're starting left tackle Monroe Mills hit the portal. Only allowed two sacks on 800, 894 snaps this year. Two of their starting receivers, Miles Price, Jaron Bradley, they hit the portal. Uh, they're starting defensive tackle, really good one, Jalen Hutching. He had surgery. He'll miss the bowl. And then you have. I mean, if you go back to that Texas game, one of the reasons Texas took money late there is Texas Tech had a ton of injuries. You have your starting safety, Tyler Owens, was out. Defensive end, Steve Linton, was out. Their starting middle linebacker, Jacob Rodriguez, didn't play because they're redshirting him. Their starting left guard, Cole Spencer, hasn't played since week five. So the good news is McGuire said that he expects Morton to finally be at 100%. He said he's been close, but wasn't. So we'll see if he looks any better. And... Most importantly, Taj Brooks announced he's coming back, and he's their bell cow back. Uh, in regards to Cal, you had a number of their backup quarterbacks at the portal, but it looks like they found their guy in Mendoza, the freshman, so he's going to start. Now, if he goes down, it's pretty problematic. As far as transfer portal is concerned, yeah, you have your leading tackler uh, at linebacker and one of your starting corners hit the – And their top safety get in there today too, Jeremiah Irby. Yeah, Taj Davis, the receiver, is no longer with the program. One of their starting receivers, Wilcox, announced. I think that was today or yesterday. So there's some news to to figure out here with both of these teams. Cal, we just mentioned that Cal game. Cal beat UCLA in the final, in their final game, to get to 6-6, and to get to bowl eligibility. So obviously that was probably important. I mean, it is UCLA kind of a rival too, but – Seems like they were still, they beat Stanford by 12 before that, they beat Washington State before that. They closed the year pretty strong. I would think that their care level is pretty reliable. Texas Tech, I don't know, I don't necessarily know where they're at mentally because it's one of those teams that, you know, they ended the season by getting curb stomped by Texas, but they had high expectations. They a lot of people had them as a sleeper in the Big 12. You know, now you're 
playing in the Radiance Technologies Independence Bowl against a six and six Cal team, are they that excited? I don't know. From a numbers perspective, I show a little bit of value on the Red Raiders. I just don't have a great feel for them. I don't love backing this Cal team as a I like backing them as a bigger dog. I'm leaning Texas Tech here. It's Texas Tech or nothing for me. Well, Texas Tech losing their offensive lineman, uh, Monroe Mills, is huge. Uh, there's only three snaps that were taken at left tackle, blindside tackle this year. It was that wasn't Monroe Mills. And Cal ranks 31st in pass rush per PFF. So expecting Morton to, to be in some pressure here. And, you know, I know he was a freshman last year, but he had some pretty terrible numbers when he had a pressure pocket. And the injury to to Texas Tech's defensive interior, Jalen Hutchings, that's a big loss. 20 pressures this season. He was third on the team. But why it's so important for Texas Tech to get a pass rush is because quarterback Fernando Mendoza for Cal, his adjusted completion percentage drops nearly 25% with pressure. Without pressure in a clean pocket, he had a 10 to 4 TD to INT ratio. So it's really important that they get some hands on him. We'll see if they can here. Now, the Cal offense, I, I mean, who's coaching this thing? The offensive, the, the offensive coordinator, Jake Spavadol, is left. He's going to take that position at Baylor. Good luck with that next year. Uh, the offensive line coach, Mike Bloch, uh, he's going to take on the OC role here just for this game. But there's a vacant quarterback coach. There's a vacant tight end coach. Tim Plow is, is off. He's back to UC Davis now as a head coach. So you have to ask yourself, like, the game plan going in, it's not going to change at halftime. This offensive, this offensive staff is like one guy right now. Uh, Texas Tech dominates rushing attacks using inside zone, but Cal's second option of man concepts is great for Jaden Ott. I think Jaden Ott is going to have success when he runs that until Texas Tech makes a change. Now, rush EPA is on the table here for Cal. They're fourth in creating broken tackles, and Texas Tech has been pretty bad, 81st in broken tackles allowed. For that reason alone, I'm going to play Cal on the first half, but with this offensive coaching situation, there's no way that I'm going to play them for the full game. The total move from 56 and a half up to 58. These two teams are lightning quick. I mean, the pace is going to be 23 and 24 seconds per play, but there's not a lot of explosives. Like what you would think out of these teams, it, they have zero EPA run or pass. So I think at 59, which it's steaming that way, which is a big key number, you're looking to take an under here with two offenses that struggle to put together quality drives, and they just don't have any juice in the passing game for either one of them. So at 59, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be looking hardcore at the under. Yeah, the, the other thing to keep in mind is that who did te Texas Tech play to Ole Miss in the bowl last year, right? Yeah. So Joey McGuire goes for it on fourth down as much as any coach in the country. In a bowl game, it's going to go for it even more. So that introduces a lot of variance into this game. Another reason why I just eh, – this is this is a tough game to handicap, in my opinion. Uh, this is one of the tougher bowls to handicap. But if I see, like – if I see Texas Tech go down the field and they don't get a fourth down – or a couple early, I might look for a live over. They're just going to keep going for it. And like, then if they don't get a couple early, they'll get a couple. They might even go like a couple of times in their own territory. So yeah. And you mentioned the pace. I Tech, also want to run circles around them after halftime. This, this Cal offensive staff is zero. There's nobody there. Yeah. I'm going to look for a live Texas tech. If yeah. they go down early. I'm there with you. Um, okay. All right. Let's move on to Monday. The seventh bowl we'll cover in this episode. The famous, Toastery Bowl between Western Kentucky and Old Dominion in Charlotte, North Carolina. Old Dominion was a dog, now two and a half point favorite, over under 55 and a half. Ton of news here. It's a really difficult game to handicap. I'll tell you why. Well, one, Western Kentucky played their guys that were in the portal before. So that's something to keep in mind. And they have a lot of guys in the portal. 
starting left guard, Quintavious Leslie, who was ama- is amazing. Two-time first-team Conference USA, portal. Starting center, Vincent Murphy, portal. Starting right tackle, Wester Dorsey, portal. Their starting corner, Upton Stout, portal. Starting linebacker, Desmond Baker, portal. Starting safety, Tyleek Allen, portal. One of their other cornerback contributors, TJ Springer, portal. Malachi Corley is going to play in the NFL, get drafted. Don't know. Wide receiver. Nothing's come out yet. I've heard from people close to the program he's going to play. I'm going to be shocked. I also have heard, it's not confirmed yet, Austin Reed is out. He's done. He's not playing, which I think this line pretty much implies. Mm-hmm. His backup, Caden Veltkamp's also in the portal, but going to stay with the team, but apparently they're not going to play him. So what I've heard is it's Turner Helton is going to start this game. I think I assume that's Helton's son. Got to be. So, yeah, Turner Helton is starting this game. And then on the other side with Old Dominion, you have uh, Javon Harvey, the wide receiver, pretty good when he's out, portal. They're starting safety, Cherry Jones. He's pretty good, 100-plus tackles this year, portal. And then Jason Henderson, he's out there, star linebacker, who – I mean, this guy, not only was he a nation's uh, leading tackler, uh, he allowed, I mean, this is pretty shocking. He allowed 67 yards in 343 coverage snaps. That is the best in the nation for any linebacker. But then I'm talking, so that, look, you could have three defensive starters out, three or four, three of your starting offensive linemen, your stud quarterback who's going to play in the East-West Shrine game, maybe your NFL wide receiver, and then you're down to the coach's son at quarterback. But then again, this is a team that played all their guys in the portal before. Mm-hmm. And then talk to someone who said, oh, here's a tweet right now that I'm looking at. As we're doing this, other news, Malachi Corley will 100% be playing. Said he's all in. I'm reading this right now. Yesterday when asked if Austin Reed will be starting a quarterback in the bowl game, head coach Tyson Elton said, everybody's getting reps and everybody's at practice. But in terms of replaying, he has no comment. He did say most of the guys in the portal will play in the game, but wouldn't specify who that would be. He said, if guys are sitting out, it's due to health issues more than anything. So I don't know. That's huge. You're talking about four starters, the star quarterback, three offensive linemen, your NFL receiver. So uh, I don't know. I think this Western Kentucky team stinks. I know their defense stinks. So I want to play Old Dominion. I don't know. I don't know if half the team's playing Western Kentucky. And I don't know for sure if their quarterback's playing. I don't. I was told originally no, but then reading that, I don't even know for sure now. I don't know. This game's tough. Makes sense of this. I mean, didn't Austin Reed get in the portal before and try to get some money? And then came back in. And then he came back in and played the bowl, and he threw for like 7 billion yards against South Alabama. Uh, so, I mean, Western Kentucky had a really terrible year. They only had one win over a bowl team this year. That was South Florida. They're awful. They're awful. They should have lost to fucking UTEP. <laughs> they should have lost to Sam yeah. Houston. Well, Old Dominion had wins over four bowl teams. So there is a, a big difference for the U right there. Now, when Western Kentucky is on offense – they're going to be able to get yards and move down the field. I don't care who's on the field for them because Old Dominion does not have any kind of defense until they get down into scoring position where they really shore up. Now they run a 3-3-5, a 3-2-6. The defense excels when opponents get into scoring position. They're top 25 in the finishing drives. They're 25th in red zone efficiency. That is generally where Western Kentucky has all of their problems. Offense this year, 96th in quality drives. You know, they get the shorter it's field. A, it's an air raid. They can't run the ball and right. field shrinks. Red zone efficiency plummet. So I think Old Dominion is going to be able to hold their own when when Western Kentucky gets into scoring position. Now on the other side of the ball, it's as clear as day to me what this what this handicap is all about. Western Kentucky cannot defend inside zone, a 44% success rate, which is horrible. Old Dominion EPA is the winner here. They are rush explosive crazy. Oh, they're seventh in rush EPA to Western Kentucky's 125th in defending rush explosives. 
That means you're going to get a big night from Keyshawn Wicks, Kadarius Calloway, who averages 4.6 yards after contact. And let's not forget Old Dominion's quarterback, Grant Wilson. He has 19 runs over 10 yards this year. They are going to run that inside zone against a very poor Western Kentucky defense that has not been able to defend inside zone all year. And all three of the names that I just mentioned are going to have huge chunk yard plays. I'm sticking with my old Dominion bet that I made on open. I would still play it at minus two and a half. Uh, I think three, I guess maybe three would be the last place. I mean, old Dominion got hot at the end of the season, but you're right. In Western Kentucky's best form, they should probably have six scoring opportunities and could keep up here. I'll say three is the last number, but old Dominion for me. Now, oh, by the way, yeah, I, total, I, I made 52. These two teams are really fast, 25, 23 seconds per play. Yeah. 55 is key here. So I, I would wait to see who Western Kentucky plays. I, I just don't know where the market's going to go either because I'm not sure. Because, like, the market will move if all these Western Kentucky guys play. Then I can get a better number. But, like, if they, if Corley and Reed are out and you're down to Helton's son, then this will go to, like, four, four and a half. Well, there's no already moved. There's nobody playing for Western Kentucky's defense that's going to be able to stop ODU's run explosives, period. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, by the way, this was the famous toastery bowl. Have you ever been to a famous toastery? Well, so what it is? No, I haven't because it's over. In- I have. I've been to one. Actually, it was decent. Yeah. It's like a chain in Virginia. Uh, I went to one in Virginia once. Um, you need a reason to get drunk during breakfast on Sunday, right? Is that what it is? I don't know. I stopped. I just stopped in there on a road trip and ate, and it was decent for a chain. I just remember being like, "Oh, this is." decent for a chain but this is again this is like pre-covid so like some of these restaurants after covid you know you cut a lot of costs and they're not the same quality but have you been to one no i haven't it's a i mean it just kind of fell in their lap right because this is supposed to be in the bahamas we're not in the bahamas it's being played in charlotte it's in jerry richardson stadium where the niners the 49ers play uh the 49ers the charlotte 49ers oh, oh that's in the Charlotte. this is in the charlotte stadium yes, yes yeah wow i didn't even i didn't even note that here okay I'm Biff Poggi, and I'm a 49er. Nothing like the Bahamas. RIP, Bahamas Bowl for one year. We know there will be wind if it was played there. But all right, let's cover our final bowl of this part one episode. And it's the Scooters Coffee Frisco Bowl, Frisco, Texas, between UTSA and Marshall. Okay, there's Scooters Coffees in Kentucky, where I live, if you're new to the show. I did not know this. Uh, I've never been to a Scooter's Coffee. It's a drive through coffee chain. They're all over the place. Like in Founded Seattle, in Nebraska. Yeah, they're all over here in Arkansas. There's seven brews here in Arkansas. But if you go up to Seattle, like they do it. It's like a little shack, right? Do they have them in Lexington? They have a little shack you pull through to get your coffee. And they're not in Lexington, but there are, there are in Kentucky. I've never been to one. Scooter's Coffee. Huh? Maybe I'll have to check it out. Between UTSA and Marshall, UTSA is up to a 12.5 point favorite here, over under 52.5. This game will be played 9 p.m. Eastern on ESPN on Tuesday night in Frisco, Texas. News here uh, for UTSA, pretty quiet except the AAC Defensive Player of the Year, big one. Their edge, Trey Moore, who's a stud. I think he's going to go to Texas. I don't know if that's been announced yet. He's got he's visiting Ohio State and Texas. Yeah. 
absolute monster off the edge. They will miss him, but everyone else looks like is going to go. Marshall, some more news. I mean, you have your wide receiver, Caleb Coons, your anchor on the offensive line, Trent Holler, both at the portal. And then their starting quarterback, Cam Fancher, he hit the portal. I, I'm not a big fan of Cam Fancher, but they're down to like Cole Pennington. Who's, he's not good. I watched some of him this year, just checking. He's just a check down artist. Now, Rasheen Ali accepted the East West Shrine Bowl invite. Yeah. So, Rasheen Ali, that's big. Yeah. Yeah, As of now, hasn't been announced, but he could sit out. They're also their starting safety. JJ Roberts missed the final two games with an injury. They also hired a new offensive coordinator recently. Marshall's a, what a disappointing year they had, but they did get the bowl eligibility. UTSA, I'm sure they had bigger dreams than this, but I think Trailer will have them ready to play here if that's the case against a backup quarterback. Um, and you got to remember, I think like UTSA's numbers are a bit like their power rating is a bit deflated because they played without Frank Harris for a couple games and it was awful. Like they lost to like army and et cetera. So I don't really like playing big numbers in bowl games, but this is one that I would consider. I want no part of Marshall. What do you see here? Absolutely. You're laying it on this one. And I, I don't know when you would let up Meg, maybe 14 because we're getting there. It's going there. You know, I mean, Marshall's without their quarterback, mistake-prone backup, missing left guard, possibly their star offensive player at running back, and they're going to struggle to get points. Their offense is 127th in quality drives, 128th in finishing drives. I mean, I don't think Seth Deggie is going to be able to turn that around as OC when he gets in. So you're looking at a high-powered offense with our roadrunners going up against a thundering herd that has nothing, no juice, no efficiency, no nothing. So I'm not really what sure – I'm not sure what number – it is that you stop buying on UTSA. Now, Marshall is near dead last in creating broken tackles. That uh, just goes to show you that the offense just has nothing, like they have no elusiveness or anything. And UTSA's defense is seventh in broken tackles allowed, which I, I was a little bit shocked by. Now, of course, this offense of the Roadrunners, there's a huge discrepancy in UTSA's offensive explosives on the ground against Marshall's defense. Marshall's 129th in allowing rush explosives. So they can't defend counter. They can't defend inside zone. They can't defend a lot of things that Frank Harris, Kevorian Barnes, and Robert Henry like to do. So UTSA is a side, I'd just say for safety purposes, maybe 14 is the last one you're going to get. But the total, I think, is where people could get fooled. Maybe I'll get fooled. I don't know. So we're all handicapping this and saying, how does Marshall score? We're not sure if Marshall's going to score. Something crazy is going on down here in this Frisco Bowl. There's always a ton of points on this soccer field, right? There's There were 72 points in the bowl last year, 62 the year before. In 2019, there were 92 points between Kent State and Utah State. And then in 2017, there was 61 points. So this total is creeping down. My question is, is UTSA going to put up a 50-burger, cover this thing by themselves? Could Marshall actually get 14 up on the board? Something about this bowl game, there are a ton of points every single year. Can't say if it's I can't say if it's field, can't say if it's weather, but how's Marshall going to score? We'll find out. But UTSA is aside, and I might let this thing creep all the way down the total and take it over. All right, good stuff there. That's the eight bowls from Saturday through Tuesday. Uh, we will be back next Wednesday for part two, the following third Tuesday for part three, and then on Thursday the twenty eighth for part four. Then we will be back for the national championship preview. So uh, also make sure you check out the group of five bowl preview and then our best bets bowl preview, which is already out uh, to give you a high level. But before we get out of here, we'll do this on every bowl show. We'll do our fate. Just one favorite bet. 
from the group of bowls that we covered. Uh, I will go. I'm going to go. I'm going to go against you. But yeah, I think you're going to look to buy back. But one last time, we're trusting Miami, Ohio defense, special teams, running dog down to the third string quarterback. Everyone else is playing now. I know that they care. App State's run defense is abysmal. I think they'll be able to just keep that clock grinding and win this game, how they won the MAC championship with the backup quarterback already. Defense, special teams. Give me the Red Hawks. I think they find a way to win outright. That's yeah, I'm, I'm going to go to New Mexico for the New Mexico Bowl with New Mexico State hosting Fresno State, who is lifeless right now, losing at the end of the year to both New Mexico and San Diego State. Jeff Tedford is no longer the head coach because of medical reasons. Now they've got a position coach that's going to be in charge of this game. Uh, no quarterback depth whatsoever if Mikey Keene gets hurt. And Fresno has no ability to stop the run schemes that New Mexico State wants to run with Diego Pavia. I don't think there's any point that I would buy back on Fresno State. So let's go one more time with our guy, Diego Pavia, and uh, get to the window with him. All right, that'll do it for the College Football Bowl Betting Preview Part 1. Make sure that you go grab yourself a coffee from Scooters and then hit up some brunch at famous toastery and Make get sure your you get the side of uh yeah get well that's late night you gotta get the side of avocados from mexico avocados from mexico maybe hit the isleta casino get some bets in then end up dancing at night with Gronk. but good luck on all of your wagers good luck on all of your bowl pools let's have another big bowl season thanks as always for listening thanks colin for joining me thanks to our producers thanks of course most importantly to all of you make sure you subscribe unsubscribe subscribe tell a friend tell an enemy Leave a review, five-star review. Thanks for tuning in, and we will see you for part two. Cheers. Peace out. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER. Avocados from Mexico.